Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Man show for the first time, Florida AM Rattlers head coach Wisdom's on the boss man show out of Tallahassee, Tallahassee, down in Florida. Coach, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing well considering this tropical storm headed this way. I hear that, coach. Best kids, man. Uh, the storm is diversity as well, but your team had diversity last year. Um, not playing at all, uh, not be able to get out there, do what they love to do, seeing other teams play, and they couldn't play. So tell me about keeping how it was keeping your guys motivated when they would go on the field, and how did you kind of keep sharpen their minds and their bodies as well when they couldn't get on the field and play ball last year in 2020? Well, you know, for us, uh, it was kind of, uh, it was kind of difficult uh, initially keeping the guys locked in. You know, obviously they were very excited about going into the SWAT. This is like, uh, I'm sorry, the MEAC, uh, my final season, you know, trying to, to, to end our MEAC run on the championship, with the championship and then not being able to do that because of COVID. Uh, it was very difficult for our guys, but, you know, I commend our, our leaders on the team. Um, you know, I commend our administration for being open and honest and getting out in front of it. And, and we, we we were just very candid about what was going on. You know, just financially, um, we didn't see where it made a lot of sense for us to try to play. Uh, we weren't going to be able to have any home games. Uh, and even if we did, we weren't, we weren't going to have fans. And so just the financial uh, restraints that it would have put on um, the, the program, the university, uh, just didn't make sense. You know, coaches would have to take you know, severe pay cuts. We all we all took 7% pay cuts, even without playing, but having to uh, incur those extra costs would have made a much more severe impact on us as coaches and, and, and you know, everyone involved. So, uh, but we stayed together as a team. You know, the guys, they kept working extremely hard. You know, we had a focus, a vision of what we were going to become. And uh, the bulk of that team is back here in 21, fired up, ready to go. And we're looking forward to uh, finally getting back on the football field after about 650 days uh, since the last time we played. And, Coach, think about this. A lot of opportunity to self-scout thyself, you know, all that time off. So how was that self-scouting of yourself, kind of looking at your own tendencies and schemes to get ready for this year coming up? Well, you know, I thought my, I thought the coaching staff, uh, the support staff, really did a great job of, of, of making good use of, of the time off. Um, like you said, we had a lot of time to go and, and evaluate what we had done uh, the, the previous two years, you know, 18 and 19, uh, some things that we could have done better, uh, the things that we did really well, we wanted to, the, the, you know, capitalize on and, and expound upon. So, um, you know, again, I thought that we were able to put some things in place that we'll be able to utilize this year. You know, we studied a lot of teams that were very successful, uh, took some things from them that fit what we do philosophically and, and the personnel that we have. So I like to think that when we take the field again, uh, we'll be a, a much more explosive team in all three phases because of uh, the, the ability, our ability to, to use um, last season and not playing um, as, as you know, a chance to get better. And talk about this, Coach. You know, mental health is something that's so 
in the forefront now with the Olympics, Simone Biles, Onamri Osaka. Last year was mentally challenging for me as a 30, 30-some-year-old man. And I know for you as a coach, I've been able to do what you want to do in your players. So how did your support, support staff and you and yourself help your young men grow and develop mentally through a tough year last year? Yeah, you know, that was probably the toughest part. Um, that in the virtual setting that we were all forced into as far as class going to class and meetings. Um, but the, the mental health of our young men, um, our coaching staff, the support staff, everyone involved is something that we really try to pay close, close attention to. Um, we understand how, you know, as, as athletes, as coaches, we're used to a routine. And that routine kind of keeps us grounded, keeps us balanced. Uh, and then when that routine is, is, is thrown uh, in, a, in a whirlwind, uh, as it was, you know, over the last year, um, it really took its toll on a lot of our guys, and not just players, uh, but coaches, support staff members, um, you name it. And so we really tried to make sure that we focused on the mental health and wellness of our entire football team. And, um, you know, again, our administration um, is, is on top of that as well. We're, we're you know, currently in the process of trying to secure a lot more counselors um, for our young men, um, just with the different things that they're battling, you know, whether it be, um, you know, anxiety, uh, whether it be depression, um, just whatever it is that, that you know, these young men experience and these coaches experience over the last year, we want to make sure that we have resources for them in, a, in an outlet where we can continue to positively move forward, uh, but also, you know, help the guys that need it. And coach, how good has it been to see your young men on the field? You know, after all that time off, and getting actually get, get to get out there and, and do football activities and having them on campus to do that because last year couldn't do that. So seeing what you've developed here and seeing how their bodies have changed with the conditioning coach and that program, talk about that as well, coach. Yeah, well, you know, the good thing for us is that we've been practicing. You know, we practiced uh, fall of twenty, we practiced spring uh, this past spring, and so we've been able to get some really, really good work in. Uh, it's just that this is the first time that we're practicing knowing that competition is, is, is around the corner. And so that's a good feeling knowing that, you know, obviously after you go against each other for so long, uh, you know, it gets monotonous. And, you know, it's hard, not hard, but one of the challenges in spring ball in training camp is, you know, you're trying to build oneness as a team, but every day it's offense versus defense. You know, and so doing that for a year, uh, we really had to make sure that we, we did things to keep the team together, keep the team bonded, make them understand what we're doing, the work that we're doing, and what it's designed to accomplish. And uh, I think the team is, is coming together nicely. Um, I'm excited about having them back on the field. Uh, we're, we're eight practices in at this point, you know, so we have obviously 17 more uh, before we tee it off. But, you know, again, these guys are, are excited. Uh, they're energized. Um, we've had really eight really good days, counting our scrimmage on Saturday. And uh, we're looking forward to getting back on the field tomorrow sometime after this rain passes and going to number nine. And then again, like I talked about yesterday, our goal is to get an inch better every day. Uh, as, as an individual, your goal is to get an inch better. You know, and if 110 guys can all get an inch better, uh, our football team can grow exponentially. And so that's our focus for today and tomorrow, get better by that inch. And then uh, once tomorrow's over, we'll focus on waking up and doing it again the next day. And coach, so I think young men, I know when I played, I, I, I didn't really do this the right way. I didn't focus on my body, the recovery, the sleep, nutrition piece of it. So talk about that part of it, how it's so paramount to sleep right, eat right, recover right, and do the right things in the weight room so you can be fast on Saturdays and make those plays when they count the fourth quarter there, especially in Florida, humidity down there, or on the road in the swack in Texas out there. So talk about that, man, how important that is, that conditioning piece of it, coach. 
Yeah, no question. You know, as, as you mentioned earlier, um, you know, Coach Cole Forney, uh, my strength and conditioning coach, has done an amazing job, you know, in the offseason getting those guys' bodies prepared. You know, we've had, uh, I think, nine NFL scouts to our practices, you know, over the last you know week. And um, many of them comment on how, quote, unquote, good this football team looks. You know, uh, our guys are, you know, they're, they're chiseled, um, you know, not a lot of body fat. Um, you know, so again, they're doing a really good job. But like I tell them all the time, you don't get faster, you don't get stronger, you don't get bigger while you're lifting weights. You know, while you're in the weight room pumping that iron, that's not when you get bigger, faster, stronger. It's while you're resting and recovering is when your body can heal and grow. You know, because again, the weight room and training and practicing is designed to tear your muscles down. It's the recovery of those muscles and having the proper nutrients in your body, you know, having the right level of hydration, and then getting the right amount of rest that allows you the most optimal growth. And so for our guys, we really, really emphasize uh, what we eat, when we eat, um, how much we hydrate, and making sure that we give these guys a chance to get ample rest and encouraging them to do so. You know, you have that two-hour block between, you know, lunch and then your next meetings. You know, don't, don't come to the locker room and go back to your room and play Madden. You know, go take a nap. <laughs> you know, when we cut, cut you loose at 9.30 p.m., and you get your snack, you know, when you go back to your to your you know residence hall or, or your off-campus apartment, don't go and, and hang up and hang out until or stay up until one in the morning. Go get some rest, you know, because again, we're up every morning at 7 a.m. Um, for the guys who aren't fully vaccinated, we're tested every day. Um, you know, out every every day except Sunday. So six days a week, our guys are up at 7 a.m. getting tested. And so, you know, they have to get rest because it, this thing turns over quickly. So you're, you're down at 10. You're up again at 6.30, and, and that's not a lot of time to, you know, rest and recover. So, like you said, that, that's very, very important, and I think that's why you've seen our guys' bodies transform, you know, over this last year and a half. And, Coach, you have a great non-conference slate, Coach. You got Fort Valley State from here in Georgia coming to Tallahassee, South Florida, and you play your old MEAC rival, South Carolina State. Tell us, tell us about those three games outside of SWAC you got playing this year, Coach. Yeah, no question. You know, after the Orange Blossom Classic, you know, we come home for our home opener. Uh, against Fort Valley State, you know, they're a team that we played twice already, um, you know, during our time here, played them in 18 and 19, so it's developed into a nice little rivalry. Uh, they always bring a nice crowd down here, so again, looking forward to it, you know, I, with the proximity of the two schools, um, you know, it should be a, a great atmosphere, you know, here at Bragg, um, you know, September the 11th, uh, and then the next week, we travel down to South Florida uh, to play my old college teammate, Jeff Scott. Uh, in the South Florida Bulls. And so that's going to be very exciting for many reasons. Um, you know, again, like I just said, Jeff and I played together at Clemson. Uh, B.J. Daniels, you know, a guy I coached in high school, uh, is on the staff now. You know, Ernie Sims, uh, right here in Tallahassee, is on the staff. Uh, you know, Xavier Dyer, a Clemson guy. So there are a lot of parallels as far as the coaching staff, um, you know, that, that I'm looking forward to, to going up against. But, you know, this is the one game that our guys get to play against FBS competition. And for guys like Marquise Bell, Keenan Ford, Xavier Smith, um, now Antoine Collier, you know, Savion Williams, uh, some of the some of the big time transfers that we're bringing in, this is their best opportunity to showcase their abilities <clears throat> to the NFL scouts. You know, they're gonna watch the SWAT games, they're gonna watch the Fort Valley game even, but whenever we play up, quote unquote, against the FBS competition, that's the scouts really wanna see how you perform in that game. So I'm excited to see how our, you know, our marquee players. Uh, play in, in, in our one guarantee game uh, uh, this season. And Coach, can you kind of mention the recruiting piece of it? Talk about how that, that portal is going to help you all get talented from Florida who 
go to Miami or go to Florida State right down right across the street from you guys or go to UCF or South Florida and want an opportunity. They can come up to Tallahassee, pay for you, and get on the field if it fits for you guys right, right away. You talk about just in general recruiting Florida, Georgia, that South Alabama area over in the Gulf Coast, there, and getting all that talent that you can get to bring it to FAMU and make the Rattlers even more of a national brand. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, uh, obviously with the with the one-time transfer rule taking effect, you know, starting this year, uh, this is a challenge. You know, because now. Um, guys who would have normally gone come to us from the Florida States, the Miamis, um, you know, the Central Florida's, like like you said, now they can go to another FBS program and, and play right away without having to sit a year. And so uh, it makes it to where we as a staff have to do a really good job of, of identifying guys that we have certain ties to, whether it be our personal ties or whether it be ties to Florida and them. Um, you know, it, it, the good thing about for us is that, you know, we're in the state of Florida. Most of our guys are from the state of Florida. And so a guy at the University of Florida who decides to transfer, there's a good chance that his high school, a couple of his high school teammates are playing here at FAMU. You know, Antoine Cardi, for example, you know, is a big time player for, for UCF, um, you know, entered the transfer portal. And not only did he play for Coach Billy Rowe, my assistant head coach, the corners coach, but he's got four or five teammates right here on campus you know, that, that he played with in the Miami South Ridge. And so I think that's going to help us. Um, the FAMU brand is strong, it's growing. Uh, our, our partnership with LeBron James and Nike only strengthens, you know, our brand exposure. Um, the upgrades to our facilities over the last year has really, really helped us in our recruiting efforts. And uh, I think everything that we're doing this year and obviously the success that we've had on the football field uh, will allow us to continue to attract those high-profile student-athletes. And I uh, hope we can get you know, really good football players in here because I, I think we have a great coaching staff. Uh, but like I tell them all the time, uh, obviously you're a little bit better coach when, when you have some really, really good football players in that room with you. So that's yes, how I coaches to, to build our roster um, as, as, as well as we can. And Coach Simmons, talk about moving to the SWAC now. You was in the MEAC for those two years you was there prior to this year uh, being in the SWAC now. Tell us about the SWAC from top to bottom, how excited you are to get new rivalries now built in with these SWAC teams now. Well, we're very excited. You know, there's been a lot of buildup around this move. Uh, we made the announcement way back in 2020 that we were leaving the MEAC and, and, and transitioning to the SWAC this year. And so July 1st of 2021 couldn't come fast enough. Uh, and then when it finally came, we were officially members of the SWAC. Um, you know, we could <clears throat> really, really talk about it and really start to, to promote our brand going to, which I believe is the best FCS conference in America. Um, you look at the, the rivalries that we already had, uh, you know, the Southerns, the Alabama States, the Gramlins, the Jackson States. Uh, those were our biggest rivalries, even when we weren't members of the, of the SWAC, even more so than, than the, 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 our schools in the MEAC. And so now that, now that we get to play those teams on a yearly basis, and the games that matter because the conference games only only builds, uh, you know, the pageantry, builds it, the anticipation, the excitement uh, when either we roll into those venues or those teams come to the Brad Memorial Stadium. And so for our fans, uh, they're going to love it. Um, I spent six years in the SWAT. Uh, I know about the pageantry, the tailgating, uh, the marching bands, just the atmosphere, trash talking, you know, and I think our Rattler Nation is ready for that. We can talk trash with the best of them. You know, but again, I think it, it, it's a perfect marriage. And so for, for us, you know, going into the conference, you know, along with, with, with the school down the road there in Daytona, um, I think it's really strengthening the swag to where now, you know, we're on par with, you know, the, the other marquee FCS conferences uh, in America. 
I, I now coach, this is what I wish would happen. That Mama Marta Tennessee State would play you all again in Atlanta again, Atlanta Classic. You know, I, I need that to come back. I wish that comes back. That was always a home game for me <laughs> when, we, when we played FAMU at the Georgia Dome. So I, I need that to happen again, coach. I just want to throw it out there. <laughs> well, you know, I think we're working on it. You know, I think there's some people that are working on that game. Uh, you know, we, we definitely, definitely now with. Um, the passing of Dr. Frederick Humphreys, unfortunate passing of, of Dr. Frederick Humphreys, who uh, was president of Tennessee State and uh, president of Florida A&M. And, uh, you know, his son spoke at his, at his funeral, which was at, uh, at man, on our campus here in the Lawson Center. And, uh, you know, he said one of his last wishes uh, was that the Tennessee State FAMU game is brought back. And so I think to honor Dr. Humphreys is only fitting that we bring that game back to Atlanta and, uh, you know, and kind of jabbing at Tennessee State a little bit. Come on and join the party over here in the SWAC. Yes. Make the thing official so we can uh, we can have we can really, really take the conference to another level. But yes. excited about where we are as a conference. Um I, I think great things are on the horizon under the leadership of Dr. Charles McClellan, uh, best commissioner, you know, in FCS football. And uh, I think well I know that the future is very, very bright for this conference and we're excited to be a part of it. Yeah, Coach Sims, let's ask this question, brother. Um when did you decide you want to get into coaching, man? Uh, my father was as a coach and was a coach, so I, I chose radio. I, I didn't want to be in the coach, and I said, no, nah, it ain't for me. <laughs> but uh, at what point did your career you say, hey, coaching will be my passion to help kids going forward the rest of, the rest of my life and help them make their dreams realities? Well, it's funny that you ask. Um, you know, as a player, and I played football since I was eight years old, um, during my entire time playing football, I never, ever thought about coaching, ever. Uh, even the, the guy who ultimately gave me my first full-time job, Rick Stockstill, who recruited me out of high school to, to play for Clemson, would tell me all the time, you know, he said, Willie, you're a smart guy. You know, if you can do anything else other than coach, do it. You know, and this is a guy that's been coaching now for, you know, close to 40 years, but that was always the message he would give me. So, you know, I, I played my last year uh, of, of arena football, my only year, but my last year playing football was 2005 up in Sioux City, Iowa, uh, playing arena football. And as I was driving home after that last game, um, not really with a vision of what I was going to do. I have a business degree from Clemson. So in my mind, it was going to be the pharmaceutical sales or insurance sales or something like that in the realm of business um, to kind of get my, you know, start making some money. But, you know, I always knew that I wanted to help, uh, you know, young people, you know, particularly in the athletic world, because growing up playing the game, um, seeing guys who, you know, play football their entire lives and our identities are tied to this game. And that's all we think about. That's all we know. And, and finally, when the game ends, we're kind of in that space where we're lost, kind of that sunken place, so to speak. I always wanted to have a way to impact those guys and really get their lives started. And so as I was driving home, by the grace of God, a good friend of mine, Yusef Secure, who I grew, grew up knowing, played, you know, football against, um, called and said, hey, we have a job over here at Lincoln High School here in Tallahassee. Uh, it was probably the most prominent high school in North Florida at the time. Uh, I knew all, I knew all about it and said, we got a quarterback job open. Would you want to come? And I, in my mind, I said, well, I don't really have a job. I don't really have, you know, a plan right now. I have some interviews lined up, so I'll just do this to pass the time. So I went in an interview, gave me the job, and I had this little sophomore quarterback, you know, named B.J. Daniels, who uh, you know, ended up being a really, really good player, played at South Florida in, in, in the NFL. And it took about... 30 seconds on the practice field with those guys and seeing how they 
bonded with me, just, you know, just being around the game, not having to play, but just seeing the impact that I had right then and there, I knew this is my calling. You know, this was back in 2005. Um, and, you know, since then I've been coaching the game, spent one year at Lincoln, got called back home to Clemson to be a grad assistant, and my career kind of took off from there. But, again, it was one of those things that it, it kind of happened by chance. Again, I know that was God ordering my steps because that wasn't my plan. My plan was not to be a college football coach. It obviously was the Lord's plan. And uh, thank, uh, I'm thankful that he agreed. <laughs> I'm definitely thankful to him that, that he kept me on the right path. And um, there's nothing else that I could ever see myself doing. Last one for you, Coach, this. When you come to Atlanta, Coach, what is your favorite spot to eat here, man? And, and where? In Atlanta, when you come here to recruit or just, just to hang out or take, bring your family up here? Uh, you know, Atlanta has so many amazing eating spots, man. I, I won't even... I can't even do it. I don't like that to name just one, but uh, you know, Papa Do's obviously is a place I frequent. Uh, Houston's is another place that I enjoy eating. Um, you know, when we have the kids, we always have, have to stop at uh, at uh, what's my what's my hot dog place right down uh, on eighty five, right downtown. Varsity, you got to go by the varsity. You know, got to take the kids by varsity. They really really enjoy that. And uh, you know, I have a lot of friends in Atlanta. You know, obviously, going to Clemson. Um, they recruit Atlanta heavily. And so many of my you know, teammates, um, you know, track athletes, basketball players um, are from Atlanta. So when I go, I'm always hanging out with them, reconnecting with them. And they always take me to a different eating spot, you know. And so it's just it's a great city, amazing city, amazing food, amazing culture, uh, you know, entertainment. You know, again, it's just it's, it's, it's one of my two favorite cities. You know, I, I was Atlanta 100 percent. And then I spent three years in Houston. And I must say, there's, you know, there's a little bit of a pull between which one's my favorite oh, yeah. now. So, <laughs> yes. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, mean, I, I love Atlanta. And, uh, you know, my wife, is, 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 you know, she loves Atlanta as well. So great city, man. Looking forward to getting back to it. Hopefully we can take care of business and get to spend three or four days there for the celebration bowl. Yeah, you come by studio here. Hopefully COVID will come by studio in Midtown and get you live in studio, Coach. Hopefully you get that, get that done for you, man. I'm, I'm all for it. Coach, thank you for your time today. Best luck to you guys and the Rattlers, man. Against Jackson State, first game of the season at the Orange Blossom uh, Classic there, man. I'll be cheering for you guys, man. I got love for you, fam, you guys, man. Though y'all gave me hell at Tennessee State, I still got love for you. <laughs> hey, man, you know, that's what Rattlers do, man. You know, but again, it's great to be on. I appreciate your uh, time and, and, uh, and, you know, just highlighting the program. Great things going on here on the Hill, man. And like I said, I, I, I'm blessed right now to be the head coach here at this amazing place. And uh, definitely looking forward to this 21 football season. This was fun, Coach. We'll do this again real soon, buddy. All right. Let me know when. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.